think my favorite scene in the bird is that scene with the bird expert. Mm. Yeah. And that mm. scene cool. alone right there that That's really great. inspired me uh to really uh, create birdemic the whole birdemic yeah. trilogy you know that's that's in alone mm -hmm. i never went to film school but if there was a film school for me it was the film school of hitchcock cinema motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef <laughs> It's one fucking hour time. I'm Evan Husney. Of course, this is the show where we talk about one movie for one fucking hour. And we got Tom Fitzgerald in the house. Tom, how's it going? Greetings, Earthlings. <laughs> and we got Marcus Herring uh, all the way to the right. What's up? Man, I'm super stoked tonight. Yeah, this is a very special episode because we have a very special guest in the house. Everybody say hello to James Wynn the film director of Birdemic Shock and Terror. James, what's going on, man? Yeah, hi. Hi, everyone. Hi. Yeah, thank, thanks for happy coming New on the Year. show. Happy yeah, New Year. I, I appreciate the invite. Yeah, Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, Happy New Year, <laughs> and welcome to uh, one fucking hour. It's good to have <laughs> yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Super awesome to have you on the show. Uh, I, I, I suppose we should explain for the good folks at home how we how we know you or how I know you. Um, I think it was uh, back in 2009, I was at the Sundance Film Festival and saw you there, James, um, ba basically guerrilla promoting your own independent film that you self-financed yes. and, and made and bootstrapped, uh, which was a yes. film called Birdemic Shock and Terror, which is, you know, obviously uh, has a lot to do with the movie we'll be talking about tonight, Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. And uh, you projected this movie in a bar. I saw it, fell in love with it, and then wound up distributing the film. Uh, and we did that, God, that's almost 15 years ago now. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that was a long time ago, you know, and... Uh, <laughs> It was fun, you know. I remember it was freezing cold, you know. It was snowy and uh, at Sundance, and but yeah, at Sundance, yeah, and uh, and uh, it's a miracle that uh, the film got distributed, you know, at, at that point, and being the rest was history. You know, became a, a kind of so uh, a, a coat sensation hit, you know, a flying coat sensation hit, according to the New York Times. Yes. That's right, it did. That's right. We <laughs> we we. we 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 released Birdemic uh, throughout uh, theaters across the world. It got mainstream yes. uh, press and played midnight theaters all over the country and the world, as I said. And yeah. uh, we got to know each other. And since then, you've made Birdemic 2. But now uh, you have a new installment in the franchise, Birdemic 3 Sea Eagle, right? T uh, tell us Ooh, about that. Yes. Yes, it's the uh, the trilogy. You know, it's uh, Birdemic 3 uh, takes place in uh, Santa Cruz. Uh, California, it's, uh, it's a place uh, you know, very beautiful and uh, near Capitola. It's, uh, uh, and uh, the, the seagull, uh, the synopsis, um, a flock of seagull attack uh, people at the Santa Cruz Beach for a walk. Uh, why did the bird attack and who survived? And so that's that's the plot of the film. And uh, such a beautiful location, uh, Santa Cruz, Capitola. It's, uh, and uh, and I got lucky with a cast again. Uh, and the Birdemic Three is it also it's got the the best music of, of the trilogy. A true uh, yeah. statement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. And, All right. And, yeah. Uh, this, this, yeah. And the the reason I made the film one is the, it's been a long time. 
you know, the fans are, are really wanted it. Second is the, uh, you know, it's time because, you know, I try to raise the, you know, at least $10, $20 million. Remember we, uh, uh, Evan, we did the thing with you, your vice uh, documentary on Benjamin That's right. And and That's right. Yeah, which yep. I, I really, I mean, Doc Doc was trying to pitch um, Hollywood. How, how big are you pitching that? Say, we need, we need $10, $20 million, you know? <laughs> and it didn't happen, okay? I mean, it's the pitch. The, the, you know, ICM was, you know, we went to the, the, the A-list talent agency. So after all that, and uh, no, uh, no producer, uh, Hollywood producer came and uh, pony up a, at, least, at least a million bucks. You know, about 10, 20 million, that's really nice. So it didn't happen. <laughs> and so, um, you know, basically in 2020, uh, just just do it. And the money or no money in Seven Film uh, gave me, uh, you know, some some money to help get the, get to get started. And, and yeah. here uh, and uh, and here and you know the movie was made, but uh, also lastly I made the film because you know we we have a crisis right now, a climate emergency, you know, global warming, climate change. That's right. That's right. And that and that and that is a big part of the film. Uh, you were yes. talking about a documentary we sort of made together, <clears throat> re retracing the story of how we met and how the film, the, 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 the first pandemic yes. uh, came out. Um, I'm, I'm going to link that in the description of this video um, for everybody yes. to check out. So they get the full backstory, further reading on pandemic yes. and our history. But Great. I think without further ado, a question about, oh, sure. well, well, you know, uh, the other guys have seen pandemic three, right? Or have you, have, yes. haven't you yeah. seen it? So oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I've only seen one and two. How can I see three James? Right. Oh yeah. I think it's it's available online. I was released uh, VOD uh, yesterday uh, oh. on the twenty fourth. Yeah, on the um, on the twenty fourth. Yeah, so you can see it Amazon Prime, YouTube TV, uh, YouTube, uh, uh, and, and the major uh, VOD channel. Uh, oh, great! So, yeah. Yeah, you can post good. that link too, I guess, right? Yes. Yeah. So also, yeah. we'll have a link uh, for anyone who wants to check out Birdemic 3, uh, links to the VOD or anywhere you can watch it. Uh, that'll also be in the link of the description of this video as well, too, or if you're listening. Linkdemic. Linkdemic, yeah. baby. All right. So <laughs> without, without, without further ado, let's get this hour started because what we're really here for also, of course, to promote James's film, but we also want to talk. Uh, this is episode 55 of the show and we're covering um, our first formal Alfred Hitchcock film. This is one fucking hour on The Birds. Uh, of course, uh, that's the film we're going to do here with James being a special guest. So, guys, yes. I'm going to start the clock if you're all ready for it. Yeah. Shall one, we thing, one thing I'll say. We did, on, in a sideways way, cover Hitchcock, a classic, by doing the 1998 uh, reboot uh, by Gus Van Zant uh, for a Psycho. Psycho. <laughs> right. So this is our first legit Hitchcock, and we did a sideways Hitchcock. So That's it's right. nice yeah. to actually address the the master himself. The, you know. Exactly. <laughs> that was right. a that was a rough one. That's All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hit that clock. So uh, here hit we it. go. Let's go. And one second. Here we go. Boom. All right. Little background on the film. Everybody's familiar with it, of course. Uh, but the film, The Birds, um, it follows a chic socialite, Melanie Daniels, of course, played by Tippi Hedren. Um, and she fixates on a passing flirtation with an attorney in a San Francisco pet shop and on an impulse follows him to his quaint seaside hometown, bearing a gift of lovebirds. But upon her arrival, the bird population runs amok. Suddenly, the townsfolk face a massive avian onslaught with multiple species of birds inexplicably attacking the residents of Bodega Bay. Uh, the film is loosely based on the 1952 short story of the same name by, by Daphne du Marier? Marier? How do you say that? Daphne du... 
think you're in the ballpark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, Daphne du Maurier, Marier. Yeah. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock's 1963 film stands out among his filmography because of what it doesn't give audiences, which is answers. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> it's very ambiguous uh, in many ways, and that's, I think, what makes it really super interesting. But, James, yeah. I want to kick this thing off by asking you, uh, when did you first see the movie? And uh, what was it that uh, about the birds that really inspired you? Because uh, obviously it launched your whole, you know, it helped inspire your whole, uh, your whole film trilogy, as we talked about. Yes, I think the first time I saw it when, when uh, in the 80s, the early 80s when I was in high school, it was oh. an afternoon uh, TV movie. Uh, and so I will watch it. Uh, uh, and uh, I was scared. You know, I think I was like about 10, 11 years old. I was scared you know, with the bird attacking and all that. And that was my first really uh, introduction to Hitchcock uh, cinema film. It was the bird and, uh, uh, you know, the scene when the, when the, Miss Tippi Hedren uh, was in the, the, the phone booth and the, and the seagull mm. attacked the, uh, uh, you know, the glass. And uh, that always, uh, you know, really uh, a scene always, uh, you know, blaze in my mind, you know, it's, uh, and, uh, and I think that's the first time I saw it. And um, in fact, I was fortunately in my first film, uh, Julie and Jack, or in 2001, uh, 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 that I, I had Miss Tippi Hedren. I directed her in my first film, Julie Jack. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so yeah, crazy. So, so that, did you, can I ask, I've yeah. always wondered, did you seek her out? I mean, how did that work? How did Tippi wind up yeah. in the film? Well, I, by, by 2001, I, I will... Uh, I was I was already a Richard Hitchcock fan, you know, so I was like, uh, like you know, like nearly you know over ten, fifteen years. So, so I became a filmmaker uh, in two thousand and one, and so I, um, I I knew about the birds and even Vertigo, Miss, Miss Kim Novak. So I actually, I'm a I'm a my my favorite Hitchcock film is it's Vertigo, Hitchcock Vertigo, and I actually mm. made the offer a cameo to Miss uh, Kim Novak. Mm, and so she, oh. she turned, yeah, she turned it down, you know. And so then I made an offer to Miss Tippy Hedren, and she accepted it. Sure. And so did, yeah, and so we we shot her scene in uh, in San Jose. It was great, and, you know. And uh, and I I actually learned a lot about making films uh, during the uh, her, uh, shooting her scene, you know. And uh, and um, and uh, it, it was exciting, you know. And, uh, and that's, I mean, you know, here it is, you know, Miss Miss Tippy Hedren, the, the glass yeah, great on. Yeah, amazing. Did, did you yeah. talk about the birds did you, with her? Did you have some time? Oh, yes, yes. We actually, uh, for PR purpose and interview uh, behind the scene, we actually drove up to uh, Bodega Bay at the Thai oh. restaurant. It's pretty modern now. It's burning now. You can actually see uh, on YouTube a, a clip of that huh. uh, where you know where she actually did conduct the interview. Uh, we conduct the interview of her and oh, cool. uh, and so on. Yeah. And uh, she, you know, so she aged pretty well, even at that, like nearly 20, 20 years ago, over nearly 21 years ago. Mm. And then to now, she still looks, uh, you know, really beautiful, you know, uh, fantastic. And uh, and so that's my Hitchcock connection, you know, in terms of uh, awesome. uh, in terms of production, you know, but in terms of the movie itself, the bird, uh, uh, I don't know if you're aware of that. The, the bird it was not just a a, a Hitchcock the romantic thriller but it was the first yeah eco thriller you know kind of like a film about nature's revenge or even the first I should say the first film yeah. about climate change mm. uh, you know, there's a scene when the bird expert uh, I think the character was called Mrs. Bur um, Bundy 
Yeah. Uh, and Thorne and, and, and the bird expert, and they were seeing they were talking at a Thai restaurant, and, and it's just a line that really basically makes this film prophetic uh, ahead of its time. I think that's huh. one reason I'm hit where um, I'll, I'll quote here. I, I had it ready here. Oh. Uh, Mrs. Bundy say, this is her line, okay? Birds are not aggressive uh, creature. They bring beauty to the world. It's mankind, rather, who makes life uh, hard to survive on this planet. Uh, you know, uh, it makes you know, it makes life uh, difficult for life to survive on this on um right. on the planet. Right. You know, right, I, right, I, right. I, mean, I mean, what a line! This is nine nineteen sixty three. Yeah, and they're 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 kind of like uh, you know uh, referring to uh, the civilization, industrial civilization is harming uh, planet Earth. You know, but they did in a very uh, uh, you know uh, uh, lightly way. You know. Uh, mm-hmm. And 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 so so bird, bird, bird. I think the bird really it was the first film that really warned about the the harms of climate change, global warming. Uh, you know, in 1963. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. pretty remarkable. <laughs> so, that's pretty yeah, remarkable. Yeah. So I can't no, think Tom, of anything until the 70s. Yeah. You know, uh, where they started addressing uh, echo. Uh, you know, uh, issues. Yeah, yeah. That's a good. That's I, a good point. I, I, that conversation yeah. in the diner. Yeah, I, I saw yeah. Hitchcock even in an interview mentioned that you know that it, he said just straight up you know well I think it's about not taking nature for granted and he even like made a connection to the atomic bomb. He was saying oh, like you know oh. humans dug up you know uranium in the soil and like how did that turn out for us you know so right know. yeah anyway. so it's on his mind it was definitely on his mind for sure yeah, yeah, making yeah. this film yeah. and his other work. Uh, Tom, I want to throw it to you just real quick because I know you had a formative uh, experience watching this film <laughs> right. at a young age as well, too. Tell us about that. I did. I was very young, and my dad took me. Um, I, I visited him in San Francisco, okay, and we watched a double feature of uh, Family Plot, uh, Hitchcock's last film, um, set in San Francisco mostly, and, uh, and The Birds. And it really freaked me out. I was very young, and I, I, I was lulled, especially because of the beginning of the movie is like, sort of romantic and pretty and like sort of like a candy looking like San Francisco, you know, the, the Technicolor, it's a very pretty film. And I wasn't expecting the specific moment where uh, they come upon the farmer's ranch and you see his eyes are gouged out and it's very oh. bloody. What I mean is I wasn't expecting hardcore bloody violence yes. uh, in this like pretty 1963 sort of mid-century movie. So of course it freaked me out as much as like, it joined Jaws and other kinds of like, uh, you know, like uh, yeah. nature disaster films. And now I, I, I did very bad comic books when I was a kid and I was inspired. I think I did the birds comic, but I definitely I'm not sure I can't find it, but I definitely did one of the African bees and I called it <laughs> the African bees, a horror story. Um, and look at I crediting myself uh, and it's terrible and weird, you know, so uh, yes, the, the film, that scene of the uh the farmer's eyes Unreal. all of it Unreal. and i was about the age of those kids at the birthday party and everything so um but i enjoyed the hell out of it i mean i i i got a huge rush out of just the pure cinema of it and and it was so wild i mean we'll talk about individual scenes but i mean just the scene of uh that the gas station like yeah. it's just yeah. it's just that's another early thing you know james talking about how early a lot of things in the birds is i i feel i haven't seen like hardcore terrifying chaos like in this that scene at the gas station uh that's that's kind of it's early for, for movies to have such an impolite kind of like chaotic violent moment like that on a, on a mass scale is what i'm saying I know. Yeah. what do you guys think 
Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely, I mean, definitely the yeah. gas station scene definitely uh, predates uh, Zoolander gas station. Exactly. Scene, right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> right. But yeah. it also like, you know, like what really struck me watching the birds again, and it's been a while since I had seen it. It was awesome to, to rewatch it for this is like yeah. when you see, obviously there's a melding of different special effects that's utilized in this to achieve the bird attacks. You got, you know, things that are, um, you know, uh, like uh, blue screen, but then you have like birds on wires and then you have other optical, yeah. early optical effects that are being used. And the melding of it creates this really sort of trippy feeling while watching it, especially because the movie doesn't have any yeah. music release, so to speak. There's no yeah. score. So it's just this audio visual assault that's just very crazy. Yeah. To, to well, experience. like the credit sequence, the, the abstract pattern of the passing, you, yeah. know, you know, menacing looking birds. And, and yeah, to speak of it, there is no score. There's no music in the film, yeah. but there's a, a lot of attention. I think the quote I have here from uh, Hitchcock is, he wanted kind of an electronic silence so that there's this hum that's happening. And he was implying by doing that, he was trying to make it seem like something very bad is down the road and it's nearby and you can hear the hum of this very bad vibe. And, it, and there's an electronic score to the film. And Marcus has some insights on that about how. Yeah, they I was looking into it. The guy is like uh, who did the score is this guy, Oscar Sala, who developed this instrument called the Troutonium. It's a, it's a synthesizer from 1930. Whoa. And Hitchcock first saw it like when he was doing radio, you know, because his uh, he had like a history of doing like his show, the Hitchcock right. sort of horse stuff on the radio. So um, anyway, so he always, always wanted to use it. So uh, that's what a lot of the bird sound effects are, is like processed and created like through this, even like the chirping and stuff like the uh, and the squawking and stuff is actually generated by this sort of uh, Whoa. Troutonium synthesizer. It's a pretty amazing looking machine, too. It's oh. like. It's it's not keys like a keyboard. It's different kind of like metal plugs and like a ribbon that you can go wow. and touch with your finger and kind of slide up and down yeah. and it looks really Long incredible. That's yeah, crazy. but uh, you know, you know that the uh, the composer was uh, Bernard Herrmann, right? The same uh, the same great That's guy true. that uh, did the great score of Vertigo, and even Citizen Kane. Uh, you know, voted uh -huh. the greatest film ever made. Uh, and I think uh, I think they purposely I think there's a score, but it's kind of like with no music, you know. Uh, right. And uh, it was um, uh, they purposely yeah they purposely did it like that. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, and it's I, a, uh, yeah. It's such a <laughs> it's such a it's such a like a bizarre yeah. or it's such an interesting choice, you know, to just yes. be like that the birds themselves are really going to be like the score of this movie. You know, yeah. it's a bold, yes. it's a bold, it's a pretty bold choice for like a yeah. for like a Hollywood film, right? Well, to, what I yes, heard, but, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, uh, because uh, it, yeah, it was it was pretty daring, Boeing, in the sense that, uh, uh, you know, I mean, the convention you have to have music, and uh, and I think that Hitchcock, really because the success, the box office success of Psycho, and a prior film to that. Uh, he, he had some uh, uh, kind of like uh, final, I think uh, final cut control. I mean, in terms mm -hmm. of artistic control, that, that allow him to do that. And yeah. uh, it's probably one of the first film ever on a major Hollywood uh, release like that too, without a score, without music. And the film, you yeah. know, it's, uh, God, and it's pretty uh, daring. And uh, uh, and that's something that's uh, I think is a uh, Ahead of its time. I mean, the bird yeah. to me, a film that it's ahead of its time. It was 
it, it was both ahead of its time, but it, it was commercially successful. But it's it's a film that it's it's ahead of its time because of its, uh, you know, uh, uh, climate change, global warming message, uh, in, in a very hidden way, subtle, in a very subtle way. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, are we going to get off the sound thing yet? Because I had a quick little note on that. Um, this is dork. This was a big film for me. And I had this, I always had this idea when I was a, uh, a kid, even, and it kind of developed as a teenager. This was a huge totemic film for me. I just assumed that everyone's always seen it, you know. I saw it as a kid. It actually was attacked by a bird. Like when I was a kid, oh, I was trying to, help this, what? Like, yeah. I was trying to oh, really? pick up this baby bird and help it. And it's mama blue jay flew down and started pecking me, you know. So oh. I still remember what it's like to get pecked on the head by a blue jay, you know. And doesn't look fun. Uh, no, yeah. Um, so this and then chased by everyone's been chased by geese too, right? But um, yeah. so oh. I. Uh, I, but I always had this idea because the music always stuck out to me. Uh, the the lack of music is pointed out to me, and I was always like, "Wow, it's so brilliant," you know. But then I when I became started playing in bands and stuff, I had this idea. I was like, "I'm gonna do a score to the birds," you know, and, and or like or commission bands to do their own mm -hmm. score to the birds. But then you could invert it to where it's like it's not about the birds. Uh, you make the music uh, control the emotion, so you make it like so that the birds are are like the triumphant victors you know like when the when the uh, oh. when the birds are in cages you you flip the meaning so uh, the the with the music so when the birds are in cages it's all this like dark menacing music but right. when they are like swooping down the people it's this kind of like star wars triumphant right, like right, uh, right. Okay. fanfare well, you know showing the side the of the birds yeah you, exactly. should, hey, you should do that yeah <laughs> can i just say just oh no evan please yeah i just wanted to tie this back around merge those yeah. two thoughts um uh, the, 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 the idea of, you know, James talking about like this movie being ahead of its time and sort of having an ecological message, I think definitely that's present uh, among other themes too in the movie. But, you know, one thing that also hit me watching this, um, it's impossible to sort of deny is like, you know, the movie does touch on the hubris of man, right? That like, you know, like humankind is, you know, we, we think of ourselves at the top of the food chain and we're really in control of everything. But then, of course, like when something like this happens, like as it does in the birds and we become, you know, the animals in cages, obviously, you know, you see obviously the, the that, that, that sort of allegorical image of Tippi Hedren in the phone booth, as we've talked about, like being in her own cage. Or you see like yeah. the family in their house when they're trapped in it. And, and, yeah. and it's really becoming a, a film where you know, they're now trapped in this house. And it was like, uh, which, which also feels very proto night of the living dead, by the way, that's what I was really thinking Absolutely. about too. And, and so was Ramey. When we well, another it. connection with night of the yeah. living dead, we are going to mention that uh, birds and night of the living dead were very innovative in the sixties where there was no explanation for why this started. Right. Both films don't have a reason for why the dead are walking again and or why that's the birds mentioned are in the film people. yeah yeah because yeah. you know the well the thing is that there's so many conventions that um uh, the birds particularly bucks and what you would have in most common films is a group of scientists who would explain everything at some point you know a lot of exposition yeah. and say well it's clear that the climate or whatever whatever the specific concrete reason is and then it would, of course would have a resolution where there would be like a, an army general, you know, and they'd come in and save the day, you know, and, and have that kind of uh, triumphant ending where we, but the, the, the film ends on such a strange, I don't even know if it's a sour note, but it's foreboding. I feel like uh, the, the, those birds look like they're taking, I don't know, we could talk about the ending, all, all of us, but my thought is that yeah. my, my gut always tells me it's like, 
it feels like the birds are just taking five. They're taking a minute, but they're right there. They're on guard. James, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I think the bird attack, both in the original, the bird, Hitchcock, the bird, and even my birdemic, uh, it, it's a metaphor to me. It, it's a metaphor for, uh, uh, nature's revenge against, uh, man and his warming machine. Uh, it's a metaphor. That's what it is. And, uh, and at the end of the bird, Hitchcock the bird, where they are again the car and it's just slowly drive away while all the birds just stand still, making you know low sound. No, it's it's maybe perhaps it's uh, it's saying to, uh, it's a metaphor for uh, saying that uh, you know man, industrial civilization, we have to clean up. Uh, we're giving you a second chance. We're we're we're, we're letting you leave leave the premise alive mm. without uh, without uh, killing you. Uh, you know, uh, we're, we're leaving you, uh, we're letting you chance. go. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah, we're giving you a second chance. Uh, I mean, like a, that's, that was a warning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, warning, yeah. Yeah, so, so, so <laughs> the pack yep. is a warning, you know, it's a metaphor, uh, wow. you know, and, and yeah, it's just, so me, that's how I interpret it. You know, it's like, we'll, we'll give you a second chance. Uh, so, so clean up, you know, which, uh, if you bring it to, to, to today, contemporary uh, meaning uh, means, uh, that uh, and this is in pandemic two or three two okay uh, and it means that uh, uh, you know it's not a, that you know mitigate you know they, they have to cop the United Nations uh, uh, climate change conference the COP twenty seven just ended uh, late last year you know meanings you know the mitigation you know we got renewable energy green electric car uh, low emission industrial low emission uh, and second yeah, is yeah. the uh, the adaptation, you know, meaning uh, use useless resources or, uh, you know, you insulate mm, your house. Right, so that right. It's, it's use better energy, uh, useless sure. resources. It's too hot. Um, uh, you know, adapt your house, whatever. So that's add that, that adaptation. That's the right. second agenda. The third one they just added this year. And then last year, it took 20 years to happen. You know, it's a reparation. All the poor country, the island country. Now they're, they're getting billions of dollars to help them because of climate change, CO2 harming them. Okay. But what's missing that's so important and, and uh, is, is the agenda that's got to be there. You know, that's what I'm trying to, to do with, through my nonprofit called Climate Fix is climate fix. Fix it. Uh, meaning right now, to, if you watch Pandemic 3, okay, uh, you know, there's, uh, it, it means that even if net zero right now, even all the, the agenda, the, the emission goal, uh, all that at COP27, even COP28, you know, zero net zero emission, all nation at this second, this minute. It's not going right. to fix anything. Uh, mitigation, right. adaptation, it's beyond because, the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, because uh, up there right now in, in the Earth atmosphere, since the Industrial Revolution of uh, 750 or 1850, but it really accelerated 1950. There's over two to three, uh, two to three trillion ton of CO2. It's up there already. It's pre-baked. That's why it's heating up the planet exponentially. And every year, it's just extreme weather. Uh, it's getting worse every year, you know. Even right, right now, uh, two, uh, two weeks ago, it, uh, the scene that we shot in in Santa Cruz, uh, Capitola, so those colorful houses, and and and, and the pier, uh, you know, they was devastated. The uh, the the storm came in. Oh. They, they call it at atmospheric river, whatever storm. Right. It came I was wondering in, about it, that. Yeah, yeah. It basically mm. uh, crashed the pier. The pier is just uh, is 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 yeah. destroyed, uh, damaged, and those houses was nearly underwater. Those colorful houses, seeing you know. So the scene where you watch Pandemic Three, where the low dating scene, they're walking on the beach in Capitola. Yeah. The whole place is a wreck now. It's under, you know, Jesus. It's nearly oh, have you considered, wow. Hey, wow. Hey, James? Yeah. Have you considered 
uh, shooting there at that site now uh, and to, to show the difference and maybe work Ooh, on yeah. some kind of expanded version of, of Birdemic 3. Yeah. Well, there's a Birdemic like 4. There's a well, but, um, oh, there's a four. I didn't <laughs> want to be presumptuous. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what I'm saying here is that, that we, we have to find a way to fix this. You know, yes. it's just, just talk, complain. So the birds the gave us a chance. They, they call every year. Yeah. Right. So, yes. so the birds are giving us yeah, that chance. Okay. So I see. Can I, can I ask, there's something weird about Capitola that you mentioned. Right. Yeah. Like that there's a, um, that's like, that's tied into the make to the early stages of the birds too. I don't know if you, you guys read this or not, yes. but, um, yes, yes, yes. That is also partly inspired by like a mass bird attack in oh, Capitola. Right. Yes. And that was happened yes. like right you know right before like in the early 60s and 61. like Hitchcock knew about it right okay yeah uh yeah yeah it was, it was yeah. yeah it was it was a it was a you can read about it there's you know newspaper clippings about this but it was basically birds yes. that had, had had eaten some weird algae that was like in the water that had actually like deteriorated their brains and made them disoriented and crazy oh my God. and they actually wound up dive bombing and and smashing into buildings in this area and that was one of the inspirational sort of uh, pieces of you know real ripped from the headlines yeah, to inspire amazing. this this movie. So which is pretty. If I had fun. one critique of that, I would say that they shouldn't have said why that they were they were doing it. Yeah, you know, we right, shouldn't exactly. have found out why. Right, it's, exactly. It's much more interested, open ended. I think the way that Hitchcock. Left right. It. Well, let's. Right. Well, let's. Yeah. Let, we should talk about that too because I think like you know a lot of people. You know, scholars and fans of this movie have kind of ridden into another interpretation of the movie, um, sort of outside of the man versus nature uh, sort of uh, allegory metaphor that's in the film. Is that <clears throat> is you know something that I really appreciated a lot rewatching it uh, again was just the interpersonal dynamics, the gender dynamics, if you will, between the uh, between Tippy Hedren and um, Rod Taylor. And his other girlfriend, uh, um, Anne. Is that Suzanne Plachette. That's Anna, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Anna. Right. And just sort of really getting into the way that uh, you know their dynamics play out through this whole movie because yeah. some people. So Evan, you're saying your favorite part of the movie is the first half, and you, yes. and you turn it off when the first birds show up. <laughs> yes. Like I, I like the romance. I'm here for the romance and the yeah. the, the love triangle. That's what yes. you're saying. Well, totally. Okay, 100. Right and, 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 and 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 I didn't used to be that oh. way. You know, when I saw it when I was a kid, obviously, you know, I was like, get to the bird attacks. I Same here. I was but, so bored until yeah. I was exhilarated. That was yeah, how I the know. birds was. Anyway, <laughs> but, but I was like but, eight, you know. But but it's it but it is it is an interesting dynamic that's formed here because Tippy Hadron's yeah. character on on the surface, you know, uh, is a pretty bizarre leading character. You know, you have she's kind some, of like a Marilyn Monroe kind of daddy. 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 Daddy kind of figure uh, <laughs> well, no, wouldn't you say she was a big star she's a big the paparazzi would hound her that kind of no of course right? that was an inside joke for everybody listening to the show i know i'm sorry um, but Not but really. you know but like a lot of but like a lot of people have written about you know the birds uh is sort of you know that slang euphemism for women you know birds and this movie really is about the, the you know female uh, behaviors and and things like that because there is this love triangle that it you know where the film connects its its bird attacks over the competing of this one man you know because mm -hmm. you see that you know Rod Taylor's character he sees a lot of women you get that you get that impression from the movie and yeah. um you know how like Annie is super hostile 
towards um, you know Tippy Hedren when she first comes in, and then obviously Annie's killed by the birds. And the movie kind of reminded me a little bit of The Brood in a sort of way of like the Brood uh, is sort of like the broodlings of rage that get yeah. activated during right. this sense of obviously it's not like based right. and rooted in trauma, but it's like the birds are activated. You know, uh, high emotions well, that are suppressed but coming out in in different ways. Yeah, through yeah. this love triangle, you know, and then but it's really like a love rectangle too, right? Because the mom is like the most, uh, you know, thorny figure in the relationship, and they actually bl- the movie, the people, the townspeople blame Tippy yes. Hedren for bringing that there, right? Like that yes. she upset that. the balance of power so in that town. Yeah. That's a great subtext, so. you know, like uh, that classic, like um, you know, sm- small insular town fearing the other. I thought that was, a, it's just a little nugget inside this other big mm-hmm. expanse of world in this film. And it's executed so beautifully and, and visually very interesting oh. in, in the diner. You know, we look at her maybe, face. If you, if you, yeah, if, if you guys don't mind, we could maybe start breaking down, uh, doing a teardown on some of the scenes. Uh, I could start maybe offering like uh, the big attack in the middle of the film with that great aerial footage, you know, like God's mm. eye or bird's eye view. You know the gasoline on fire, but if you guys want to just maybe start talking about like um like the the the, the specifics we had talked about the um how she's in the glass enclosure you know mm-hmm. and how, how terrifying it is each time they 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 come swooping down and breaking the glass as they're going after Tippy in the uh, yeah in the um you know in the phone booth but any other any other can things I, well, I, catch you. Can I close mm-hmm. a loop just real quickly? Because we started talking about the ending just real quick, and I wanted to kind of oh, bring right it in. back. Can I just bring mm-hmm. it back real quick? So I was just kind of, you know, setting up this idea of these dynamics, as you said, you know, uh, Marcus, you said a love rectangle and sort of things like that. Because, you know, the mother character really is interesting in this movie, too, because there's this total sign of jealousy with her where she doesn't want to see you know her son off with any of the men. And that, 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 that really upsets her as well. And, and any time... You know, basically, Melanie is a is anything Melanie does involving this guy, it, it's linked to a bird attack. You know, in in one way or the other. That's true. But <clears throat> the ending, to me, just to get to the point, then let's then let's unpack some scenes. Is as soon as the mother accepts Melanie, you know, and actually like accepts her as someone who's good enough, she's paid the dues in this relationship. That's when the birds chill out, you know, and that's kind of an interesting mm. I, and that's what we're kind of left with you know like mm-hmm. you know you know because you know the mom's deeply afraid that her son's going to get married and abandon her that's what this is kind of that's the way i see it but as soon as that the mother and melanie can connect with each other in a healthy way right. the birds like chill out and let them do their then they're thing. a unit and they can leave the house quote unquote <laughs> right you know right and- Right. Yeah. The nest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's an interesting interpretation. It is like the brood, and I bet Cronenberg had this film on his mind. And there is an attack of children at a school in the brood. Exactly. I know. Yeah. There's a little bit of a connection there. But anyway, so to yeah. get into some scenes, if, if that's unless James, if you want to throw in on that, or if you have any scenes that you want to specifically talk yeah, about. Yeah, any scenes jump out of you guys? Yeah. Well, the only thing I want to say is that uh, I, I think that. Uh, uh, the bird was partially inspired by that the bird attack in in Capitola, Santa Cruz. Hitchcock was inspired because he he has a vacation house in in Scott Valley, so it's like near uh, near uh, Capitola and Santa Cruz. And so when that accident that accident that event happened when the when the seagull attacked uh, people at Capitola, he read it on the uh, on the newspaper the the Santa Cruz Citadel. 
So mm. that's how the whole thing got started. When and oh. then you know to the 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 the, the short story, uh, then the script development. But the whole thing got really uh, you know it was inspired. Uh, Hitchcock was inspired by that event for him to uh, really to went on to uh, formalize it uh, in, in, into into a movie. Mm. Um, because you're saying it was a local story for Alfred Hitchcock. Yes, yes. And mm. he was wow. a local. He was a local that. In that community. He lives wow. in Santa. He has he, he has a Hollywood house. Okay, where he goes to uh, you know uh, to make the movie and uh, the Universal Universal uh, Studio and all that. But during his his vacation, he would just fly down or drive down to, uh, to uh to his uh, house in in the vacation home in Scott Valley. It's a very beautiful house. It's in Verdamac Three. I actually shot the scene in, in oh. his house. Yeah, it's a winery nice. now. It's, it's oh, wow. very secluded. Oh. Up in the hills, uh, yeah, they call it the the heart of the mountain. Okay, so he would there sit there, and so he was local, and he would uh, read this story about bird attacking people in Capitola and, and Santa Cruz, and that's how the whole thing got started uh, with the that's bird. Right. Are you that's right. are you both yeah. local kids? Are you are you also from the central? Yes, California? I'm near there. Yeah, yes. Wow. I, you know, I have I go back and forth in Hollywood, but I have I live in San Jose, so it's right in the right near. It's only wow. a few miles away. From uh, yeah. Santa Cruz. Uh, yeah, I'm also reading this further about the actual real attack that you're talking that you guys are referencing. Yes. Um, the the algae. Th- there was an acid <laughs> that uh, was in the algae that caused bird brain damage, or at the least created yeah. confusion, Damn. dizziness, and seizures. Yeah. The acid had possibly yeah. come from leaky domestic septic tanks in the area, rather than from oh, suspected sorry. farm fertilizers. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Yikes! Oh, and, and and I think that's partially how the, the screenwriter got the idea and kind of it was subtle, you know, when the, when the bird experts start talking about yeah about uh, you know uh, that um, man is you know turning uh, destroying yeah. civilization kind of makes life hard to exist, you know, like that. So so to me, when I every I think my favorite scene in the bird is that scene with the bird expert. Mm. Yeah, and that's mm. cool. alone right there. That's that great. really inspired me uh, to really uh, create Birdemic, the whole Birdemic yeah. trilogy. You know, that's that's in alone plus wow. uh, an inconvenient truth. I'll go an inconvenient truth way back in two thousand eight. Right. Okay, right. Yeah, and and so so I mean, uh, he he would just he would live in that beautiful house up in that mountain and, and get inspired, even Vertigo. You know, it's uh, San Juan Batista was like a few miles away in San right. Francisco, right. Uh, right. and the bird. You know, this part of the bird was shot in San Francisco, in Union Square. Uh, Union Station, you know, Union and Station, like yeah. that. Yeah, Union yeah. Station, yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to, There's it's some... also, it's also, sorry, Marcus, one more thing I'll throw to you. It's also like, for me, it was really hard, just for one last thing on the ecological, is it's hard to not think about COVID too when you're watching this movie. You know, it's hard oh. to not think about just in terms of like, you know, our, the last few years, at least, you know, like in terms of the fear of the outside and the fear of nature and everything like it is, it, it, it yeah. definitely brought me back to 2020 a little bit watching the movie. I, I had, to, oh. I had to say, yeah. Right. So but you, you know, were Mark- talking about the, the writing of the film and there's a couple of yeah. funny anecdotes I came across when I was doing some research for this episode. And, um, one is, uh, Hitchcock was saying, you know, that it's, um, he was interviewing writers and one of the early writers said, I can only see this film working one way. And that's, we never see a bird in the whole movie. <laughs> that was, that was one of the writer's ideas. So then he got another guy, I guess. And, um, 
And he told that guy, you know, yes, we bought the rights to this short story, but we're basically we're only keeping the name and the fact that there's birds right. attacking. Right. <laughs> yes, it's, it ignores the the I, woman's short story. I, yeah, I, which I love, and I think it takes a real master director to just throw away the source material, and you know, and yeah. and nobody cares. And 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 the film is what's remembered versus you know, the just short story. just maybe to to keep just to finish up on sort of the the making of portion what we're talking about. Yeah. An interesting thing I heard was originally he wanted to have, um, you know, like Clark, uh, sorry, um, um, what's his name? Uh, ah, the guy from North by Northwest uh, to be the star. Cary Grant. Uh, Cary yeah. Grant, yes. Cary Grant. Like he, he was Grant. thinking of having Cary Grant and then Grace Kelly again, who, he, you know, mm-hmm. featured a lot in the 50s. She was busy in Monaco. So he was going to have some big stars in this film. But the thing is, you know, just to be honest, like, Rod Taylor was not a big star then. He was just a generic sort of handsome actor. Not to, yeah. you know, he, he wasn't an international famous star. And Tippi Hedren was unknown. I mean, uh, he discovered Tippi um, doing TV commercials uh, when uh, Alfred was watching the Today Show, you know? Right. So she wasn't, she wasn't an actress at all or star in any way. So my point is, I think Alfred decided to go from um, having it to be star driven with two big lead actors. And you could see those two people occupying those roles those two iconic actors but no he said no the star of the movie is the birds and it and it really you can really feel that he's like <laughs> you know because that's another sort of uncommon thing for the time and for him to have the uh, it's not a, a star driven film it's like they're in the background and um you know the lead is this this strange malady also of course he, he finishes and says the star of the movie is the birds and me <laughs> right and that, that works that works for right. me you know yeah. totally i mean he was on like everyone's uh he was in everyone's living room weekly right with his tv show on that time so oh, it, was, it was huge right then yeah, yeah. And, and, it's like and, you he's know, like one of those artists like dolly or warhol where your personality yeah. is like as famous as your work how about his right? cameos hey james did you ever do cameos am i remembering that wrong Birdemic do you do three, cameos baby. in your film he's in Birdemic three yes you are in three yeah. right and all right. three of them yeah you are in oh, all yeah, three yeah, of them, right? Okay, yeah, oh, so yeah. you have yeah, another yeah, connection. Yeah, I mean, I uh, it's just fun to do it, and uh, sure, <laughs> I you know I I went through the I never went to film school, but if there was a film school for me, it was the film school of Hitchcock Cinema. So it's uh, doing a little cameo is fun, but it's all kind of like a tribute to the uh, Alfred Hitchcock, Mister the Great, yeah, the Master of Suspense. Yeah, and. Uh, and I, I just like his film in the sense that it's just beautiful to look at, beautiful to people to look at, the beautiful location, and this uh, it's a it's a romantic thriller. He invented that, you know, to, you know from uh, from uh, you know to Vertigo, The Birds, uh, yeah. Rear Window, um, yeah, even uh, yeah. Rebecca. His first film uh, that won an Oscar for the producer uh, Rebecca, you know. To, so he he invented that genre, the, ro- the, the the romance between the. Uh, the two uh, protagonists, this little twist and turn, and halfway through the the movie, the movie unfolds itself. Uh, you know, I like that, and to me, it's just fantastic. And uh, and I, I just uh, I just I just love his film. Yeah, I got to say that is another inspiration for you and and the Birdemic films is uh, a very clear romantic story. Mm-hmm. before all hell breaks loose you know that is definitely yeah. Yeah. Uh, in kind yeah. with uh, how you how you approach your films yeah it's a but, structure uh, yeah, it's a structure the right it's a structure yeah yeah uh, that's, that's great now we have about 20 minutes and uh i don't want to be like let's talk about individual scenes magoo here but like let's do it like there are so many set pieces and i thought <laughs> sure. maybe it'd be fun i'll throw out another one so the birthday 
And this is another yes. theme. So the birthday scene is both campy and hilarious and scary. Like even when I was a kid, it was this shot with the little girl kicking her feet as she's, you know, her, her, on her stomach and the bird's just going fucking crazy in her head. She's like, eh, you know, it just looks almost <laughs> funny. But, but I, I, so if you guys have any thoughts on the birthday, but one of the insights I wanted to bring up was, I think there's another theme going on in the mm. film. Maybe the third one we talked about is um, the very staid, controlled, ordered human world and how it just gets fucking, for whatever reason, thematically or narratively, it gets fucked up. Like, hey, let's have a nice dinner, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, let's sit, let's eat. And then suddenly she's like, like, oh, my God, Jim or whatever his name is. And like, Jim, she sees one of the swallows. And then it's an avalanche of whatever those are, swallows coming through the chimney. And it's yeah, just yeah. pure fucking chaos in a nice, yeah. quiet American mm-hmm. family dinner. Yeah. And that happens a lot in the film. And then a nice kid's birthday is destroyed. Like, you guys have any thoughts? Yeah, on that? yeah. Hitchcock does talk about that being like a, a necessary for for the fear and for the impact and suspense and just for the impact of the film is to show it, show real life, you know, natural life, and then contrast that with something fantastical and, and horrible, you know. That's definitely, like, he actually comes out and says that exact, you know, phrase. But, but I feel it's like... Um, these are almost in their own way unreal. You know, everything's so heightened with him. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, he does mention that too. Like his films are just basically fanta- fantasy, you know, and it looks that way too, right? With the with the uh, exaggerated colors, like the Technicolor and like oh, the. Beautiful. Uh, Those fucking balloons at the birthday party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. That's color. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Like, like it's everything's a heightened reality, including the mundane reality of, you know, a family right. having fun. And it's like this perfect sort of like Norman Rockwell painting. But it's if you took a Norman Rockwell painting and you were slashing like red paint all over it. Mm. And that's very intense shit. And that's again ahead of its time and really uh, quite uh, shocking and innovative. I just thought you know, maybe you guys had some thoughts because this is continually happening. Even like this beautiful blonde woman when she's on the boat early in the film. And there's that one bit of red blood that kind yes. of like, like, like ruins her perfect blonde woman face. You know, yeah. uh, when, when, the, when the one bird does the yeah. first little attack. Right. You know, so right. that's mm-hmm. just kind of that kind of hit me. Uh, this consistently happening in the film. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you definitely touched on that. I mean, you, you, we sort of mentioned it out at the top, but that that farmer scene or the guy who's selling dude the and just the yeah. you know, it, it's it's film school 101 to talk about this stuff. But you got to with just the, like the like the three shots in on the guy's eye. It's still effective oh and, and, and visceral. It's shocking. To day. It's mm-hmm. really, really and then the shocking. pan. Well, it's like, uh, you know, the thing about Hitchcock that's really fun is like he changes what you are in the, in the experience of the film. Like what I mean is like what the camera is like um, sometimes you are like the point of view when you're right. entering that room is the woman who's entering the room. Right. And you're right. getting a slow reveal. Something very bad's happening. You know, the window's broken, mm-hmm. the bloody feet and then the head. And then so you're her. But then you're not uh, anybody. You're like another person anonymously looking at Tippy Hedren you're who's you. not noticing the birds slowly ac- accumulating behind her, oh. you know, and just all that, all that playfulness of perspective. Mm-hmm. And he does such a masterful job, you know? So one thing I loved is seeing like the, how well planned out it all was because yeah. the storyboards are out there, which is just like candy to Ooh. somebody like us to just really dig down into. Yeah. And like the, the way the storyboards are like that scene you're talking about with the birds accumulating on the uh, playground, the awesome 
an incredibly dangerous looking hey knocky knockity dip daddy dockity yeah yeah that um the, the, the song yeah yeah well the storyboards are out there and it's it's pretty interesting to see how they are look exactly like the film you know like um, and this was a lot of really it was really well planned out like what they wanted to do sure yeah yeah hitchcock yeah uh he, he was pretty big in storyboarding i mean he uh he he stored more everything before he actually uh, a, a frame of, of production, uh, and that's uh, and that's good. I mean that's uh, so that you uh, you you see the movie. I mean he said that he actually pre-visualized the film before it's mm-hmm. done, before it's actually shot, wow. and it's 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 good in the sense that uh, that you can minimize error and you can have a sense of what the the final product is going to look like. Uh, do you do that? And, you know, I, I do it uh, halfway. I'm much more of an impromptu because uh, in, in the in the independent film, right. you can't afford to do all too much storyboarding. It's just mm. it's not affordable. Even you hire, you know, right. so you, you're forced to do a lot of impromptu um, and uh, uh, running gun impromptu yeah. uh, on the fly, really. And yeah. uh, like even because the, you're working the, with the circumstances. Yeah, circumstance condition, yeah. Even the great director, uh, Francis Coppola, I mean, Apocalypse Now, he had a script, but for, for a reason, chaos, mm. it was shot on the fly. Uh, <laughs> right. Rewritten, you know, on the fly, week to week, you know, like that, and uh, that's what happened to Pandemic 3. I, I had an idea since, I have some lines, but uh, uh, you watch the film, 83 minutes of it, it was basically week to week, written on the fly, mm. by chapters, you know. Yeah, and uh, and I had to reform reformat it right now to eighty three pages in order to give it to the uh, the academy uh, library. They they want a copy of it, but I don't I didn't I don't have it in eighty three pages. I have it in chapters right. because it was written right. on the fly. So right. I'm still written and put uh, but in, in reverse, you know, in, right. in, in post, post page. In post. Wow. Yeah. Hey, there, yeah. there's there, there's some great films and great filmmakers that don't even use scripts when they you know when they go out and shoot yeah. films. So all different ways to any, do it. All different ways to do it. Um, I have a scene if we can. Talk about it real quick. Let's scene it up. One one scene for me. How about the attic bird attack scene? Can we talk about that? Oh and man! Can I can I get a little weird on you guys for a minute? Like, uh, um, okay, let me breathe. Go for <laughs> it. Well, just like you know, sort of going back with the themes and the metaphor of the sort of love, uh, the love rectangle between everybody. Mm-hmm. Did anybody else? In rewatching this movie, if you did recently in preparation for this, feel that that yes. attack, there's something very sexual about that attack scene. <laughs> Anyone? Hmm. No. Like an assault, a sexual well, assault. Well, well, it's, it's it's well, it's it's just that in playing it back, it's well, hard to it's hard to ignore like the sound she's making and how crazy it is, and then oh, like, and then and yeah. then it's just it's basically it's like all you hear for like three minutes. Is just yeah. the insane flapping of the birds, and yeah, there is right. something sexual about it. And then it's I, go ahead. I think there. I think so because um, you know I, I couldn't help but keep in mind like you know just what we've have heard about Hitchcock and Tippy's relationship being a little fraught and him sort of being obsessed with her and and her having and feeling uncomfortable. And then that scene specifically, she talks about being really brutal to shoot. Like it was like seven days of them just basically Whoa. throwing birds at her and like tying birds to her. And like, <laughs> she's getting packed. Like she's really was getting like beat up for like seven days by them 
throwing birds at her, which is just so, you know, she's like, uh, she's like, oh, I got plucked out of this commercial to come to Hollywood and be a star. And then they're like, literally just like you know, locking her in this room and throwing birds at her. And I, I guess they told her it was going to be like mechanical birds. And then they were like, no, actually we can't do mechanical birds. It's going to be the real thing. So yeah. it actually is to your point, a bit of, a, of an assault. Like it is, a, I mean, it's a great film, you know, and I love it, but it's like, it seems like she really went through hell to get I, that. I, I, yeah, know. I wasn't necessarily going there. I just, you know, and I, I'm aware of that too, the backstory, the behind the scenes stories you hear about the movie, but also just in terms of like more so just tying thematically into the movie, you know, yeah. and the relationship that's brimming between her and Annie, you know, and then like obviously that builds to a head, you know, and I don't know. There's just something well, about can it. Can I that, play ball with you for a second? Please. Um, like I'm just playing in this playground you've made here. Um, is it not at the very least um, the, the things break and pivot when she comes back down from the attic because right. um, it's kind of sad. She's very changed and I feel like maybe she's permanently damaged. Yes. Like, um, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, like she's um, not the her same. Brain ever seems again. like it's yeah, exactly. Like yeah. she's never going to be the same for being up in the attic and she's kind of talking like a child. You know, yeah. and uh, I find it actually one of the more unnerving parts of the film. You feel like you Same. lose that character. Like, oh, I guess she's just permanently gone. Like, she, <laughs> yeah. you know, what is she's muttering yeah. when they're going out of the house? Yeah. You know, she's she, traumatized. Yeah, she totally yeah, traumatized. and it's just like, um, yeah, I don't know how that works or doesn't work into your uh, the, the the you know the rectangular uh, you know uh, romantic triangle or whatever. But um, that for me, that's another upsetting factor, I guess, in the film is that she's sort of the heart of the film. She's the, the lead. She's the person we follow the most, you know, mm -hmm. and you kind of lose her. And mm -hmm. I find that kind of unnerving. Like there's and there's not even like a wink at the end where it's like, you know what? She'll be OK. Like no. and like Rod's kind of like like, yeah. like, you know, you're gonna, we're going to get through this together. It's just like yeah. it's very cold. I guess what yeah. I'm saying is like the soul and the heart of the film is suddenly this catatonic faced woman. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. What am, I, what am I to make of that? It's another because, alienating kind right. of um, uh, like uh, nihilistic end part of the ending. Yeah. Right. When I was a kid, I thought it was just the ending was just going to go on forever. Like this is just the new reality is that these birds have taken over the world. Could you know, be like Planet of the Apes or yeah. something. Yeah, right? could be. And I heard that even even Hitchcock didn't even want to put a the end card on there for that. He wanted to leave it that open ended. So I guess so that was cool. one of you know. <laughs> well, so cool. just to kind of tie things together to what we were talking about earlier on in the hour was just like, you know, for me, I don't mean to bog down on this, but it's like, you know, w with the bird attacks being linked, like there's just something that's so interesting with her uh, character, Melanie, just being this outsider, you know, because I do think there's something uh, with it where she kind of represents this kind of modern woman, you know, for the time. Yeah. And she's kind of an interesting, yes. the, like her being this kind of, you know, prankster character and somebody, <laughs> she's a very odd well, character. She's you know, kind of like a Paris Hilton kind of person. Yeah, yeah. Like on on this on the Simple Life uh, right. set, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. I know that was I know that was very stupid as a reference, but yes, it was. But it. hey, you know, it was. like, but like, uh, but no, but she's but really, the daughter of a newspaper owner, right? So she is like, um, yeah, right. rich, a little rich girl. Yeah, she's a big, socialite. yeah, right. She's yeah. like an international socialite, and she's suddenly amongst these like you know beet farmers and like you know that's like, what I'm uh, saying. There, there, there is like a clear sort of thing about like her being this like you know modern yeah. woman coming into, and we see this a lot into the films we've discussed on this channel with Deliverance mm -hmm. and everything else of like the, the, the a modern person coming into a more you know rural small town community, mm -hmm. um, and like there's friction because she arrives 
and it's her being an outsider. All this starts to happen, but it is like these crucial moments in the story with the bird attacks are seem to be linked well, to. The I think the diners the have a point. Okay. Yes. Right. 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 Like, like everything was fine, and the birds weren't attacking. Yeah. Until she set foot in the town, so right. you know maybe yeah. she is some kind of strange harbinger. Um, in a way we can't really uh, identify in reality or in this film's reality, you know, so, so he's yeah. playing with something and I'm not sure what, you know, um, and I think maybe, maybe, hey guys, let's get trippy for a second. All those people and that small town represents life a hundred years ago. Exactly. Before we took a turn to the industrial age and she represents the jet age, international travel you know, huge, you know, you know, uh, IBM computers and gasoline and gasoline. Like she is the blonde maternity, Mm -hmm. uh, modernity um, modernity. representative. There you go. I think we figured it out. Yeah. I I love how clear the wardrobe, her wardrobe makes it clear that she's an outsider because sometimes in an old movie, you know, styles have changed so much. You can't tell they will, someone on a movie will laugh at another character's clothes, be like, you wore that. And you can't, we can't tell that there's something wrong with it because it's 60 years have passed. But I love this. It's, it's never more clear. She's got that fur and it's just, it's just, um, even her hair. Yeah. Her hair, she doesn't belong in that world at all. And it makes it so clear. I love how clear it is, you know? Well, yeah. Evan, just promise me you're going to cut to a simple life shot Daddy. when we talk about that. Okay? <laughs> I will. I Please, will, of course. Of course. Uh, there's, some, there's somebody I have to, to shout out, um, you know, sure. like this guy, because uh, this movie, I think for me, this movie is really about the effects, the filmmaking, you know, the and all of the work that went into, you know, the, the effects, the special effects. That's my favorite part of the movie. And uh-huh. I have to shout out this guy, Ub Iwerks. His name's Ub, which aside from being one, like the most one of the most unique names, he was also Sorry, Walt. Di- is that that's Ub. not the first name? His name, is, yes, his first name is Ub. U B. Oh my <laughs> fucking! I thought it was his last name. Ub, no, Ub, and his last name's weird too. It's Iwerks. And, oh, uh, he, stop it! He's he's he's. Uh, I thought those were acronyms a, and stuff. No, he has a place in history as uh, he was Walt Disney's partner early on, and he actually kind of refined the Mickey Mouse drawing. Oh, ultimately shit. and uh and never got a lot of credit he, he broke up from disney and got and then he came back and started doing special effects for disney he did the, the song of the south special effects which was like you know marrying live action and animation so he became sort of an expert in that and developed like helped develop traveling mats and helped perfect the optical printer and uh for this movie one of the things he developed was um you know, you said blue screen, but it's actually a, a yellow screen, I guess. It's a dual oh, camera system that whoa. shot through a prism, two cameras at once uh, shooting through a prism. And it's like a sodium vapor screen was used, which was like yellow. And I guess that's for whatever reason that they get a much clearer map that way because of like all the motion blur that happens in the bird's wings. You know, if you were going to shoot that with like mat, it would be, it would be black right. underneath there and it would be really visually distracting. Right. But they came up with a solution to make it on this like sodium vapor screen. I have no idea what it looks like, but I think it's a yellow screen. Anyway, I just think it's really amazing. Uh, that's just one little detail, but all of the, the effects, the way that they all got combined in some of these shots, you mentioned earlier, Tom, the, the overhead view of the gas station, Ooh. it's got like a, the flames are burning and then before the birds zoom in you see the town the town is like a map painting but you never realize until this time it's like yeah the I same shout sort that of 
an yeah. awesome like matte painting thing like they uh they would have used like in star wars you know like yeah. 20 uh 15 years later yeah, um, I want to shout that out if I can. I think it's Albert Whitlock. Is that his name? Um, I just want to shout out Albert Whitlock. I think that's his name. He's he's the matte painter uh, of those scenes of the whole uh, so Bodega cool. Bay town of that bird. And he has a normal shot. name. So he I has a normal that. name. And, and he does. <laughs> yeah, he, you know, he, he's on all the great matte uh, paintings in film history. He did The Thing, all those amazing stuff. Yeah. John Carpenter's oh, The Thing. Oh, He's done a lot sweet. of really, really, really great. Can I bring up one random thing? It's it is on the technical side of things in a in a way. So there was some music on the set of the film. Maybe oh. you guys have heard this, but oh, um, yeah, I love yeah. So so to drum up um, to so for Hitchcock to illustrate to the actors the uh, increasing suspense uh, of the increasing um, uh, lurking attack and and the building up of the attacks, he would have a drummer on, on set on the side of the camera and he would he would slowly start building this drum roll like like when the kids start running out of the out of the school you know and getting attacked they would just have this drummer going fucking crazy between <laughs> big fat drum rolls and everybody just got into the mode of that you know now that is genius that's why Hitchcock is a special dude i mean that's there's no rule he didn't copy that from somebody that's not in any books he yeah. just thought that's a great, brilliant solution for getting what he wanted to get accomplished, and he's so actors. right. You know, and he just, yeah. and he just, you know, you duck the sound and you you overdub it with horrifying electronic bird sounds, and you got the birds. You know. Yeah, totally. So that's one of my favorite little. I love that. I love that. James, they, they did a final. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Did you? I was just going to ask James. Well, we got five minutes on the clock. Just real quick. Is there any other oh. scenes or details you wanted to mention in the? You know, uh, as it relates to the birds. Uh, that you wanted to get in, or um, I, 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 uh, I think I, 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 I make the the major point, Ray. Uh, yeah. In terms of its, uh, it's it's a it's a very uh, prophetic film, and, uh, and again, the scene with the with the bird expert. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a single few lines there that that makes this film. Uh, not just classic, a great film, but it's it's a film that it's uh, it's raised to another level. Uh, you know, for uh, you know, for the message of today's contemporary climate change, you know, global warming. You know, all all, all the climate activists. Uh, you know, uh, uh, today, you know, from uh, Gretchen, the, the, the little girl, to to all all the the, the activists. You know, they should rewatch what we just have done. Watch the bird again. Yeah, I watched it at the morning when the bird experts set those few lines. How about, yeah, yeah. How, how, how about that? Scene? I know yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, so many years ago. Yeah, it's uh, seventy years ago now, right? Yeah, or no, yeah. Uh, sixty wow. years ago. This um, year, but, it's the yeah, end. It'd be the bird anniversary. That's right, uh, bird anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> but how about the uh, also when the the yeah the the bird expert character too? It's like the way that he shoots when she realizes everything she's been saying that there's no way. That the you know yeah. the birds could be attacking you out of your fucking mind, and then the and it, scene when yeah. she's on the floor and it's like a three quarter yeah. profile of like her, yeah. her like super shook you know from seeing everything. That's pretty effective yeah. too. Yeah, then you know um, you're in trouble when the ornithologist yeah. just is like uh, everything I was saying. Uh, never mind. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it means that there's like there's every it's the movie is about no matter what you know all the themes you're talking about. It's a world that's out of order because the birds should be 
just accompanying us, you know, you know in the trees every morning and just sort of part creatures. of the whole thing. But yeah. when it's 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 like one element of nature is yeah. out of order, and it means everyone yeah. is screwed and is huge consequences, yeah. you know. And yeah. that's all it takes to get out of order. And isn't that what Kionis Quatsi means? That word Kionis well, what, what, what I just say is that mm. that, uh, that uh, civilization, industrial uh, civilization. Uh, is not maybe it's saying the message that industrial civilization is not in harmony with nature, right? Mm-hmm. And, and right. that the and that the bird attack is 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 is, is nature way of revenge, you know, mm-hmm. sending a message, you know. So man in this warring machine industrial is it's great. We build all the screen. We send men to the moon. We we create all this, including we do podcasts, this, uh, Zoom, <laughs> all this yeah. technology. Yeah, you know how. How, how is it be? Why is it well that we're not in harmony with nature? You know, right? Uh, and that yeah. uh, and all that. You know, how how how, how is it that the bird of the, in pandemic, uh, even the birds, the bird are the good guys, and industrial civilization are the bad guys? Well, that's right. the movie you know? Marcus is going to make with the rescoring yeah. of the, <laughs> <laughs> you know? the triumphant bird theme, right? Yes. Yeah. Remixed, you got to make that bird remixed. Got to yeah. make that score. <laughs> I got to say, just just is a, a thought about nature. Um, I was watching a documentary about the the uh, Mount St. Helens eruption in 1980. Yeah. And by the way, that was within days of Hitchcock dying. So I mentally associate the Mount St. Helens eruption with Hitchcock dying. But anyway, oh. I was watching it, and I, the devastation that happened from Mount St. Helens it surprised everyone because it didn't go vertically up. You know, they're all expecting, well, it's going to go and it's going to blow this way. It went sideways. Yeah. It erupted mm. sideways. So it went like across everything. And you know what? That's Mother Nature uh, enacting its power. It's like everything in my line, this volcano saying, is annihilated and I'm running the show. And it would still be that way today. And it still is that way today. There could be a big old earthquake where I'm sitting or any of us are. And it just would just flatten us all like pancakes and or even all this rain that we had in California, you know, it's like we really need to be more humble because there are simple exercises, uh, you know, of, of nature's power where uh, like uh, nothing we do, nothing, nothing, nothing we do can fight that uh, or compete with it. It's like uh, we're just these silly little ants, uh, you know, yep. making a big mess on Earth. Right. But right. Mother we, we, nature's they- number one. They got us like trained to think that that nature will always like fix itself or something. You can do whatever you want to the planet and nature's going to right itself. But that doesn't seem to be the case. Right? Well, it that, might. But humans are fucked. To quote Gary, uh, George Clinton, George Carlin. George Clinton. I got to say, George Carlin said, like, the earth's going to be fine. We're going to do on. lots of bad things to it. But we are fucked. Like this whole ecosystem is going to get upside down the more we keep doing what James is saying. Like and then Whoa, we're the out clock. of the picture. You are blowing and, and past like, the clock, sir. Well, I'm talking about ecology. I'm not talking about the film. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm done. I'm done. Anyway. What what George Clinton song was that? Okay. Yeah. All right. It's um. George Clinton's uh, Echo Hell. No, no, okay. it's George Carlin. I know. Okay. All right. That was out. That was one. Okay. That was one fucking hour on the birds with special guest James Wynn. James, thanks so much for joining us. James, it was great. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Did you have fun? Yes. Enjoy it. Great. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me and everything. And this was wonderful and very, it was fun to do. Yes, absolutely. Everybody. It was a blast. If you're listening, if you're watching, get in the description of the video, click that link and rent and watch Birdemic 3 Sea Eagle. It's available now everywhere. 
Um, so cool. It just and, came uh, out, huh? Yeah, it just yeah, came out yeah. VOD yesterday. Like two days ago. Let, let awesome. us know. Leave us a comment, you know, after you watch the video. Let us know what yes. you think. Absolutely. You. Do it. And uh, James, if, if anyone wants to get in touch with you or follow you on social media, how do they do that? It's, uh, there's the, uh, the the Facebook, yeah, Redemic 3 Facebook site. Okay. And uh, mm-hmm. you can go talk, contact me through there. Or you can just through, through the website, uh, Movie Head Picture. Movieheadpictures.com. We'll put that in the description as well. Um, Awesome. Let's do just real quick before we send everybody on their way. um, Let's uh, talk about next week. We got to we got to talk about what we're doing on next week's show. And it's an important Uh, one. And uh, this is uh, Tom's birthday episode number two. That's right. Well, this is I a, can't this believe is it's a, your birthday again already. I know. Well, this is getting scary. This show's been on for a while now. This is the second. This is a birthday anniversary now, to coin a phrase. Um, this is the because we're. I guess each of us are going to have our own birthday episodes. This is my second. Uh, you know, the first was last January, and I picked uh, "Cracking Up," the Jerry Lewis epic, which was made right around the time of the King of Comedy, which we just mm-hmm. did. That's right. But I don't know. I was on the fence, and I'm just going to go for it. I'm going all out. This is a big film for me. I'm doing BJ Lang Presents, oh. a.k.a. The Manipulator, 1971 film starring Mickey Rooney. It's out of, out of control. It's pure LSD-25 cinema, and we're going to have fun and talk about it. Yeah, so, Is there any way for people to watch it? Is it on YouTube, or is it anywhere? Or? I don't know. I, I think so. You know, I think, actually, it's one of those... Um, I think it's in public domain essentially now, and it's one of those weird, you know, those bundled DVDs of like okay. twenty five movies, like okay. like horror from outside your mind, or like you know, maybe like, it's uh, on Tubi or something. Well, Barn well, of the Naked Dead DVD series. So right. I, I I know that it is, and it goes under the name The Manipulator, though, not uh, BJ Lang presents. Uh, BJ Lang presents. So okay. Maybe it's on YouTube. Go ahead. It's talk. definitely a big film for Tom. I remember him talking about it when we, when we first met. And it was one of those films, one of those many moments where I think that I, I'm pretty steeped in like obscure movies. And then you yeah. spend five minutes talking to Tom and he's like, BJ Lang presents. And I'm like, okay, never heard of it. <laughs> never heard of it. <laughs> okay, yeah. the good news, yeah. <laughs> it's right there, folks, on YouTube with the slow motion rain. Sweet. Excellent. So uh, yeah, get all right, everybody, watch in and let's all let's all have a big BJ Lang yeah. presents party. Yeah, we should Next say week. that birthday episodes on on one fucking hour is a full license to really bring whatever the hell you want to the show. Something that you, under no other circumstance we'd normally probably do. Right. And so uh, strap in for something very unusual. With uh, knock that off. Tom's watching with, it right uh, now. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, for some reason the. the some reason Cannonball Run 2 started playing on my phone. Okay. <laughs> so right. it happens. It happens, happens. You know. All right. Well, okay. Yes, so it's going to be a wild style episode. You got it. Wild styled episode next week. One like this hour. one with James. Yeah, All right, guys. Woo. Thank you. One more time. Thanks for coming, buddy. It's very fun. Maybe we'll do it again for uh, Birdemic 4. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Oh, we can talk about. Maybe I come back do uh, do uh, an episode on the Hitchcock greatest film Vertigo. Oh, we just recently voted. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, that's right. Awesome. It was. That's right. We yeah. could totally do Let's that. Do All right. Well, uh, before we let everybody go, um, of course, we can't leave you without your moment of Zen. All right, everybody, <laughs> oh. have a great rest interesting. of your week, and we will see you again for Tom's birthday spectacular. All right, bye, everybody. Bye. 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 B
motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. Man. Well, the other thing I wanted to say, uh, I wanted to make sure we, we spent some time on my MVP for the birds, which is Veronica Cartwright, ah. who plays the, uh, you know, the kid in the movie. And um, she uh, the thing that got it for me was I was watching the birds first in the late 70s. And this was Veronica's time because I had seen her successively in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, 1978. Oh, the, God, that's her. Isn't that right? Alien. Isn't well? An, an alien. Yeah, no, an alien, right. Oh, my that's God. That's what I'm saying. Oh so when God. I this okay. is Tom, when he was like a little kid, was like, oh, my God, she's a chicken, fucking birds. And she's in my two favorite movies that freak me out. You know, those movies freak me out. I saw them both in the theater. So it's just like I hope, actually, that both directors of uh, both 70s films were like, oh, we got to get the girl from uh, the birds, right? And it's like, <laughs> totally, that's the move.